Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 11 of The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, aka Clean Sheet Wipeout. And my name's James, aka FPL Drug. How you doing, dude? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, had a couple of days off, um, so loving life, really. Nice, I wish it was very much the same for me, but it's been a busy old day. But At least we've got this to look forward to, eh? Yeah, definitely. The highlight of my week. God, yeah. Well, um, there's been a lot of football and we've got a lot of things to cover. So should we just jump straight into the game week reviews? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. First things first, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Everton 2, Liverpool 2. What a game this was. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, great game of football. Uh, obviously, there's one main talking point. Um, that's VVD and Pickford. Oh, God, yeah. There's, uh, I don't think you can touch on this game without going straight to that. What a horrible, horrible tackle. Oh, horrendous. Um, I, I don't know what Pickford was thinking, but yeah, obviously he's a seriously injured Van Dyke there. Uh, it could have been worse. I mean, uh, an ACL is obviously terrible, as we both know. Yeah. Uh, having te- torn both of ours. But we have indeed. Yeah, not a good tackle. No, I mean, just it's the stills as well. The, the way his leg kind of bends in on itself on the knee, it's horrible. And I think we're hearing it could be, what, eight months out? Wouldn't surprise me if it's going to be longer. I think Liverpool said ligaments in their um, press release and stuff. So who knows? But uh, the fact that Pickford's gone completely unpunished for that challenge is horrendous. Yeah, that's a disgrace. Um, One thing that's even worse, in my opinion, is another DCL goal. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, I've put him in the sky to relieve some of the pain when he scores. But yeah. In FPL, it's hurting. And, just keep uh, scoring, mate. Just keep scoring. He does. <laughs> but, I mean, at least you got, uh, you got your Jimenez return this week, which we'll come on to. But, uh, yeah, you're going to have to get DCL in, mate. I certainly will. Although, I guarantee when you bring him in, he'll stop scoring. So Yeah, but if, if I have to break him for everyone else, that's a small price to pay. <laughs> so, uh, this game, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought Everton played really well. Liverpool started so dominant, though, didn't they? Yeah, they looked really up for it. Um, it was sort of the Liverpool of old, Liverpool of last, last season when they were cruising at the top of the mm. league. Like you, you saw the the quickness of their play. They're a lot, obviously a lot better than they were at Villa, and I think they had a point point to prove. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, uh, the the first goal came Robertson assist Mane goal. Lovely, lovely play to to create that goal. And from that point, I thought oh, Liverpool are going to get two two or three here probably in the first half. And then Everton slowly came back into the game, didn't they? They got the uh, the header from Michael Keane, which uh, came from a corner. Personally, I don't know whether you agree with this, but I think Adrian should have saved it. I think so as well. Like it, it went straight his hands, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like go, goes Weak through hands. his hands. I know. Uh, it it did have some weight behind it, but I think he should be saving that. Yeah, on the commentary, they tried to say, ah, oh, you know, it would be difficult from, you know, the position that Keane was in for Adrian to save it. But I think Allison puts that over the bar. Yeah, I think he tips it over. Yeah, and then obviously from then, Everton uh, got a sniff and they kind of kind of took it. Albeit, Liverpool really should have won this game 3-2 because that offside call for Mane at the end of the offside. game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I don't understand this offside. I, I get... You know, it's now it's no longer the armpit. It's kind of between the shoulder and, and the elbow. But it's his sleeve at the end of the day. And how they're measuring that against the foot of, I think it was Mina um, at the back of the picture. From the naked eye, everybody could say Mane was onside there. So how was VAR deeming that to be offside? Uh, no idea. Like, if anything, he looked onside, not even level. Like, I thought he looked a little bit, like, further over, but... Mm. To say, like, he's offside is just crazy. Like, um, the way they're measuring it, I think, is flawed. Like, um, it's supposed to be what the parts that you can score with that it connects to. Not yeah. your, your shoulder, your arm. Well, no, you can obviously score with your shoulder, but, like, your lower arm. Mm. Lines just seem to be all over the place. Yeah. I... It just ruins certain aspects of the game when you're doing it to this minute detail. Agreed. I think for me, it's not necessarily VAR that's the problem, though. It's the it's the law for offsides, and I think they read they need to have a serious look at the law because it's allowing the technology to attempt 
to um, go to these minuscule details. Well, if, if the law has changed and, you know, it's the, the kind of leading foot or whatnot, it's a lot easier to measure than it is from, you know, the base of your shoulder. And the game yeah. shouldn't be dictated by that, should it? No, no, exactly. I think, I think you're right there. I think um, they need to clear up the law so then, then they can use the technology to support the law. But, yeah, I think the law needs reviewing because uh, I don't think we can go on, go on like this. Perfectly good goals are getting disallowed. It was only, it, I mean, it was introduced in the first place to stop people from goal hanging, etc. Yep. But this, that isn't going to happen with, uh, I don't know, half a yard, quarter yard tolerance. Like, it's, no, and it's crazy. It's so frustrating, obviously, both, you know, whether you're a fan on the ground or you're a fan watching on TV and probably even for the players, like to not know in the 92nd minute when you think you've scored a winner, to then have to sit there and wait for technology to d- dictate whether, you know, someone was two millimetres offside. It's going to kill it. Yeah, it ruins the emotion of being in the moment, as anyone will know who's been to a game where you've had a last-minute winner. It's, it's thrilling. And if you're there wondering, I'm in an R and it's yeah, it takes a bit of fun out of it. Yeah, it does. And the other thing I want to touch on in this game, um, Salah's finish. It seems as though to me he's been working on something over the summer because that's not the first time we've seen that finish this season. Outrageous. Unbelievable. Barely takes a step back. He just hits it. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, mate, if he continues to produce that, then he's gold this season. But I haven't seen that from him. I don't, know, I don't think I have at all. But it's just, yeah, it's literally, ball comes to him, one touch, bang. And it's the third time I think he's done that this season already. So yeah, yeah, he's been working on something. Yeah, he's probably spent a lot of time in the garden over lockdown, just smashing (laughs) balls into an empty net. Right, shall we move on to Chelsea Saints? Yeah, go for it. Um, I don't really know how to describe this game. I think a game of two halves, really, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly so. Um, The typical kind of Saints defensive performance in the first half, I'd say. Yeah, I think we were both texting each other, weren't we? Saying, oh, <laughs> typical, they're getting in behind our line and blah, blah, blah. But Chelsea just seems to stop playing in the second half. And we, we came out. And um, as soon as we got, you know, that, that goal um, just before halftime, I think it probably changed Harsen Hootel's team talk massively because suddenly you've got a sniff. Obviously, we pulled it back to, to 2-2 through a, what can only be described as a calamitous goal. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, hilarious. A magic moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that obviously meant Adams got his goal, didn't he? So, yeah, finally. finally. It's great to see. I saw, like, obviously Adams was going mental. Ings was going mental for him. Uh, loved it. Uh, well he, deserved. Uh, smashed it in, obviously. <laughs> uh, he, he created so many chances in that game as well. But yeah, to, to obviously, I think it was Zuma that played the, uh, the back pass to Kepa, which Adams then jumped on and it looked like he had fluffed his chance but fell over Kepa hit the post came back honestly I don't think we'll see another goal like it like it's one of those magic moments where you could put some ridiculously hilarious music behind it and it it would look amazing and I don't think I don't think it does Kepa any any good either because obviously the way to him fall over it just dents his confidence even more yeah, another nail in his coffin, I think. Uh, so Mendy will be the number one when he's Absolutely. Fit. The, the other talking point, and uh, I'm incredibly glad it finally came, but Werner got two goals and an assist after I've held on to him for the first four weeks, done fuck all. Finally gets put in that kind of striker position with Pulisic on the left and, you know, Havertz playing with him and obviously ZH came on. Looked brilliant. Yeah, your patience was rewarded. Um, About time. And uh, Hindu Monkey's patience with Che Adams was uh, rewarded as well. It was indeed, yeah. The train is finally coming to the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would be uh, interesting to see how well this train does. But I I think Adams has been due that goal, as we've spoken about on several pods so far. And it's, it's great to see him get it. And hopefully it could be a Man City moment because obviously he scored that goal against City um, post-lockdown, and that led to three or four more in quick succession. So, it, it, Yeah, it may well do. I mean, um, the stats have been there, his XG and so on, and the eye test, if you want to call it, like watching him play, he's always been in and about, in amongst the chances. Um, but I would still personally not bring him in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'd always I know, go in. As a Saints fan, it hurts to say that, but um, not until you you can see him maybe scoring three in a row. Yeah, maybe. I think- 
time to think about it. But consistency with Adams is going to be key, isn't it? Before you you start to take the punt and reduce that striker slot because you're kind of stuck then um, in that value. Um, you'll have to then take hits to to bring someone a bit more expensive in. So yeah, I'm happy with my Ings pick being comfortable. The other no. one I want to quickly touch on um, because obviously we haven't really touched on him much in the last few pods. Uh, Walcott, how do you think he got on? Really well. Like, um, I was really impressed with his display. Looked really up for it, obviously, as you'd expect. Um, but looked lively. Uh, mm. Looked better than what I'd seen of him at Everton, to be honest. Uh, was sort of it was involved quite a bit as well. Um, just his link-up play. He looked really energetic. Yeah, he kind of seemed to to want to drift into the middle a bit, didn't he? Because my f- biggest frustration in the first half was the fact that Chilwell had so much space out on uh, the left wing. And I think it was mainly because Walcott was drifting in to kind of then be part of that central partnership. Um, we kind of resolved that a little bit in the second half and Chilwell didn't have so much space. But like you said, I think Walcott was just looking to get involved in every single attack and got got his assist, albeit, I think, fortuitous. Like, he, it was a shot at the end of the day and it was going wide and obviously Vestergaard was there to, to head at home. But... <laughs> The annoying thing is this stupid rule where you can't play against your parent club. And obviously we play Everton this weekend, so Walcott can't play. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's a shame, but hopefully um, Armstrong should be back. Obviously he'll uh, be outside of his self-isolation period, so uh, fingers crossed. Well, he'll just jump straight back in and we'll, uh, we'll probably see a bit of rotation between the two of them, I expect. Yeah, maybe. All right, before this turns into a Saints pod, we'll uh, move on to Man City Arsenal. And obviously, uh, 1-0 City. I thought this game was, uh, again, kind of a game of two halves for me. I thought Man City started pretty well. Um, It was really interesting to see the fluidity between Sterling, Aguero, Foden, Mahrez, like Sky and albeit, you know, we, we know Sky formations are never right at the beginning of the game, but they kind of showed Foden in that kind of three behind the front three. It was nothing like that at all, really. It was um, it was almost like a front four. Obviously, we had Aguero back, which is great to see. Don't think he's uh, fit and firing just yet, but um, it was great to see him get, I think he got 60, 65 minutes under his belt. Yeah, that's uh, decent. I think um, he, might even, he may return in the next game, to be honest. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to go all guns blazing in this game, but I think... Uh, He'll find his feet. Yeah, no, agreed. And uh, I thought Sterling played pretty well. Took took his goal really well. And albeit, you know, it should have been Foden's goal. Parried back out. And I thought Foden was really lively in this game. He, given obviously De Bruyne's absence, he kind of took that mantle a little bit and was trying to create. He was bombing down that wing like constantly. Um, arguably, should have got a goal for himself. Um, fluffed one chance. Obviously, had this one parried. Uh, it was great to see, given I've held on to him. But my worry is, obviously, when De Bruyne comes back, does Foden's chances then either restrict or is his creativity a little bit more stifled? It, it depends on the formation Pep goes with, really. Yeah, yeah it might take a bit, a bit more of a backseat. Um, sounds like he had a bit, bit more of a, an involvement than he normally does. Yeah, but he almost had a... It was kind of like a free role, really. Like, he was allowed to drift and come inside and... I guess it was it was very similar for Mares. Mares enjoys obviously cutting in from the right, doesn't he? So um, he he did that quite a lot, and he probably should have got got an attacking return. But then Arsenal kind of grew into the game a little bit, had, had their chances, and um, I think they were unlucky not to get a goal. To be honest, let's move on then. Uh, Newcastle one, Man United four. Wow. <laughs> well, the highlight for me, I think. Uh... Was Bruno's pen miss? <laughs> um, obviously, he's got a great record and they bang on about it every time he takes a pen. But I thought Darlow was going to save it before he did. Uh, he looked really confident and psyched up to save that penalty. He, like the inhalation, he was ready to save that pen. And he did. And um, Bruno didn't do his usual hop, skip and jump either. It no, was I was a- yeah. yeah, a very straightforward pen technique, which perhaps gave Darlow a bit more time because obviously with the hop, skip and jump, it's almost like Fernandez waits for the keeper to make the move. But if you're just running onto the ball, the keeper's got the chance to kind of at least attempt to guess as he strikes it. And yeah, it was 
he looked so confident, like you say, um, in saving it. And I just didn't think Fernandez was going to score. Got him in my Sky team, which was a pain in the ass. Obviously, he got some decent returns after that, which which helped. But um, yeah, like you say, it's one of those moments you see a player walk up and you're like, he's not going to score this, is he? <laughs> yeah. I think in fairness to him, he'd have looked more of a twat if he did his usual approach and missed. Yeah, well, yeah, that's one of those techniques, isn't it? That <laughs> you look like, yeah, what, what the fuck you doing, mate? Um, another player I was really impressed with was Rashford. I thought he was incredibly, really well involved. Um, kind of playing through the middle. Obviously, we, we didn't have Greenwoods. There was uh, no Gallo. It was a really strange formation, um, to be honest, I think, from United. When people saw the team sheets, they were like, what are you doing? And in fairness, it was three late goals um, that got United the win. So whether that kind of gla- like glazes over some of the cracks in that squad, it was a bit bit of an odd one. Great great header for Maguire. I think that, uh, that's why I mentioned him. Um, yeah. Especially after all the criticism he's had. Uh, he's come out and literally headed the critics away there, I think. Uh, <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, I thought- beautiful, beautiful header. Um, Potentially, if he's, he could replicate that, I think he might even be a decent FBL asset. I mean, not in terms of clean sheets, but I think uh, he's scored a few, I think, over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, no. Not, I, not I think, bucket loads, but he's he's got a few returns. You're right to mention it because, um, yeah, I think over the past, yeah, he's got three, he's got six, eight goals um, in the last few seasons, which, you know, isn't too bad for a, for a centre-back. But I thought he had a really good game, like you say. Um, he, he could have scored another. Um, Darla made a brilliant save from Maguire. And given, yeah, the, the critics that he's had and everyone was, you know, banging on about his mental health and his self-confidence, which isn't for any of us to, like, dictate and talk about. Um, I thought, yeah, he stood up, played really well. Yeah, he likes a shot from just outside the box as well. He really he does. Sort of gradually maraud his way forward and have a crack. Yeah, um, the thing that I'm interested about, obviously, Darlow is in because Newcastle have injuries. Um, do you think he keeps his spot? I think he should. I think um, Bruce will have a sort of a tough decision to make, really. Very much so. I think, I think he should, because if I was Carl Darlow, I'd be thinking, what more could I have done to keep my place? Yeah. I, I mean, think he's played excellent. I think until his form dips, I think he played Darlow. Yeah, I don't think he did a lot wrong um, in this game, despite conceding four. I mean, in FPL, he made eight saves. So, you know, he's kept his team in the game for quite quite a long period of that. And it wasn't until, say, the last 15, 20 minutes when United almost kind of took advantage of the fact that Newcastle maybe looked a bit tired, um, that, that they, they went for them. So He's been making these saves consistently as well. Yeah, he's hitting those tiers in, uh, in Sky particularly for those that play the game. Yeah, he's consistently hitting those save tiers. So it's been a good option. Shall we move on to the Thriller? One of the first great value games of 1495. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say about this game, to be fair. Uh, we noticed that Brewster obviously didn't didn't start the game, despite a lot of people gambling and bringing him in um he did he did come on but did, didn't start you've got the likes of Lookman obviously for Fulham I thought took his goal really well I was incredibly disappointed because I've got Egan um and he had kept a clean sheet for I think it was 80 minutes I thought yeah this clean sheet's in the bag guaranteed nil nil nah pops up with a goal and then they bring Billy Sharp on for Sheffield United to then kill those Fulham clean sheets not that I think many people own them <laughs> no I don't think so and if you do get rid but uh, yeah obviously Mitro- Mitrovic uh, plays the penalty over yeah and uh, you benefited from that in Sky didn't you because of this yeah I certainly did ridiculous Sky rule that even if the keeper doesn't make a save if the pen is missed they get the save points love it great rule well, what, is, what is that rule man? <laughs> what is that rule but yeah, you know, it's one that you, you've taken advantage of this week. So that's bullshit, but I'll I'll take it every week. <laughs> uh, I think Sky need to have a, a strong hard look at themselves to allow people to get an extra, I think it was five, six points from that. Ridiculous. Next, next <laughs> the the Derby, Palace yeah, and Brighton. Yeah. Um decent game, I thought. It wasn't too bad. Um took a while to get going for me. Uh obviously you've got Zaha got his goal. Um it was a pen at the end of the day. So, you know, 
took that well and uh, thought, oh, okay, Brighton are uh, struggling to get into this. But no, they kind of slowly built. Uh, second half, arguably, I think Brighton were probably the better team. Um, there wasn't many saves made, in fairness. I think, yeah, according to FPL, you've only got Geiter made two saves and uh, Ryan didn't actually make one. Weirdly, in this one, Sky gave Mope man of the match, which I thought was a little bit strange. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. know hit, I think he hit shot here, but, you know... What's he actually done, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that, that was about it, really. Um, it wasn't, wasn't a thriller. It's not the derby that I thought it potentially could have been. But, you know, again, both, both teams still have decent FPL and Sky assets if you want to jump on them. They're, they're cheap enough. Yeah, very true. Um, I like the look of some of Brighton's players. Uh, Mope, March. Yeah, Trossard. I thought Trossard, Trossard played, yeah, played, Trossard won. played yeah. pretty well, to be fair. But yeah, I just don't think this was uh, the game for either team to be particularly on it. But I, I expect more, especially from Brighton uh, in the coming games. Now then, what a game. Spurs yeah. three, West Ham free. Wow. <laughs> Gareth Bale, game changer for the, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like the, the first 20 minutes of this game, you were seeing Spurs fans all over Twitter saying, oh, we're going to win the league. We're coming for Yeah, the- yeah. Talk of winning the league, yeah. Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, we've seen this before. <laughs> like, come on. We, we've seen Spurs go up. Our way leads to West Ham, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, Kane and Son were exceptional. Their, their partnership at the moment is unbelievable. And if you've not got at least one of them in either Sky or FPL, I don't know what you're doing because you're going to miss out on holes, particularly in, I think, the next four game weeks. I've got some great fixtures. No, oh, massively. If we just look at it now, they're, they're looking at Burnley, Brighton and West Brom in the next three games before they then arguably go on a a pretty horrendous run of Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves. Maybe if you're on the double up, there'll be time to come off at least one of them. But for now, yeah, you're going to want them. They they just look so fluid. And I've seen talk that, um, and to be fair, I agree that Harry Kane is obviously England's best number nine at the moment, but he's arguably England's best number 10. The, the balls that he's playing through to Son, is he's got it in his locker and we've known it, but consistently he's producing that now, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's really impressive to see this sort of transition from the kind of number nine to the number 10. Um, I think his range of passing is really impressive. Like uh, you've, a couple of seasons ago, you think of him as a great finisher, but you didn't really think about his assists, his general kind of potential to play. I mean, he'd not been used like that. No, uh, it's quite interesting to see him used in this way, and it's really effective him linking up with Son. Oh, big time! And I think once obviously Bale gets his fitness and his match fitness up properly, I think that the three of them are going to be exceptional together. But one thing that really highlighted me for Kane's game, and obviously it won't be picked up on them um, in, in points wise, I think it was the forty-fifth minute, forty-sixth minute, when um, he puts his body on the line on the edge of his own, no, probably twelve yards out. Um, blocks a shot from West Ham just to make sure his, his side go in 3-0 at time. What a striker's doing back there, I have no idea. But Kane has clearly got that in his game. And he, he's a box-to-box striker, which feels weird to say. But that's Kane. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Second half, on the other hand, uh, West Ham just came back out, didn't they? Yeah, they got, they got a goal, obviously, which uh, gave them hope. Um, and then the second goal obviously came, and then it was like, here we go. Yep. <laughs> and up steps Lanzini. Yeah, wow. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, I'm not even, I don't support West Ham. I don't like, like, dislike Tottenham. It's just a great, great to see a last minute smash and grab like that uh, oh, for, yeah. the, for the equaliser. And just um, to watch it fly into that corner as well. Yeah, like you say, I'm not a fan of either club, but I jumped out my seat. Yeah. Yeah, sensational goal. I think it adds something when it hits the bar like that as well. It just makes that ping look even better. Oh, it was stunning. It really was. And in a way, West Ham snatched snatched a point in this game. I thought Tottenham did everything to deserve the three points. But if you're not if you're gonna throw away a three goal lead, then you don't deserve to to take any points particularly. 
it was just one of those things where I think, you know, that they, they've thrown it away in 12 minutes it took for West Ham to score three goals. Like, that just shows how great this Premier League is. Yeah, yeah, I think as much as uh, Tottenham folded, West Ham really turned it on. I think um, Tottenham are going to have to look at themselves there, how they just capitulated last 15 minutes of the game. I think it's not acceptable. And if you're going to talk about the title, then you can't be doing that to anyone, yeah. never mind West Ham. Not at all. Um, and obviously we've seen Antonio uh, subbed off with what looked like, yeah, I think it was... He was complaining of a bit of tightness in his hamstring, so hopefully it's nothing nothing major, but we'll talk about that a bit later with Sky anyway. Um, okay, let's move on to Leicester nil, Aston Villa 1, and another smash and grab. Yep, decent goal from Barkley. Um, another, another return for Barkley. Uh, perhaps that cheaper option and differential option to Grealish. Um, obviously, we know he's a decent player. He... Did a decent job at Chelsea, to be honest. Obviously, he played very too. well for Everton to get his move to Chelsea. And yep. I think uh, he'll feel like one of the big boys at Villa, as opposed to one of the sort of smaller cogs in the Chelsea team. I think you've nailed it there. I mean, even Grealish was tweeting about the fact that they've now got Ross Barkley. You know, I think uh, the players themselves love the fact that he's there. And uh, he's going to add so much. And he already has. You know, he's got a couple of goals. I thought Villa looked, again pretty decent and you know Leicester aren't the best the easiest team to uh to play against there was no Vardy obviously he's out at the moment with um I think it's a calf problem um Rogers has already confirmed that he won't make the Europa League game but hopes that he's back for the weekend so one to keep an eye on but um yeah Villa both defensively and going forward at the moment there's, there's no reason why you can't gamble on at least one of them four wins out of four I mean they're, they're second in the league if you had given that to Villa fans at the start of the season wow right. snap your hand off absolutely I think, yeah I think you're going to have to have at least one there's some great value options in there bit at the back or even Grealish is, is still a decent price for what he is and what he's been doing I mean he got two goals and three assists in a game for Christ's yeah. sake I know I mean in the, against Liverpool and yeah, like you said, people at the back, you've got Mings and Konza, both good options. And even, um, I think, Cash and Target, like they're both cheap um, fullbacks, albeit I don't think they'll get as many returns as you'd expect from a fullback. Um, I've seen someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about the fact that Villa seemed to have resolved their defensive issues um, partly by not allowing the fullbacks to go as forward as they used to. So they're not getting caught in behind which you know yeah. is 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 brilliant um for them and we kind of saw that post lockdown as well when um we'd already cottoned on to the fact they looked a bit more defensively astute so they, they've just carried that on this season and um they've added firepower up top yeah yeah great signing ollie watkins um yeah and the, they've got the fixtures there as well like the the reason that we touch on them as uh being a good team is They've got a brilliant run of fixtures, I think, up until game week 16 before it turns. So, I've noticed this, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm, a, I'm on a wild card. I'll announce it now. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll mention looking, looking at Villa uh, as a team that I might want to bring in one or two players in. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a host of home games as well. Like They play Leeds home, Southampton home, Brighton home, Newcastle, Burnley, Palace. And their away games are West Brom, West Ham. Yeah, they've got yeah. Arsenal in there. But that run is unbelievable. And I'm also looking at potentially bringing in a, a midfielder to replace Podens. Um, and there's a reason for it. Villa are the form team at the moment. And you've got to go form over fixture sometimes. And in this case, I think you've got both. Yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, let's, let's get on to the thriller. Oh, do we have to talk about this one? Thriller in the Hawthorns. Great value game. £14.95 uh, for West well, Brom nil, Burnley well nil. For any idiots that bought it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I watched the game uh, via means I will not determine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was not the best. Um, Dean Garner looked like he was going to get a return quite a few times. Um, I mean, he got an assist rule out. Uh, I think the goal was just a margin offside from Grant. Obviously, uh, he's on my bench, so I was relieved. Um, but I guess it's good. it was good to see Grady looking sharp. Um, still a fairly decent pick at 5.5, I feel. But um, he will be exiting my team on my wildcard. 
reveal. Like, there's, yeah, there's better options out there and I've got money to play with, so he'll be getting moved on. But nice to see Burnley of old being a bit more defensively solid again. I don't know if that's more due to the lack of attacking threat from West Brom or just them being a bit more cohesive. Maybe they've worked on things in training where they've been going wrong. Who knows? They've also got you know their back four essentially back together now, haven't they? Obviously, Tarkovsky. I don't think Ben Mee's um, playing just yet, but they've got Long, Tarkovsky, Peters, Taylor. And um, Pope took all three bonus points um, for Burnley. And obviously, Johnson took two. So, sums it up. A good, yeah, good display from both of them, to be honest. Uh, both making some great saves. Pope was keeping sort of Burnley in it uh, towards the end of the game with some of his saves. Um, very com- commanding of his area. Uh, just coming to claim the ball. Um, There's a few crosses in that looked dangerous, but he'd come and collect them no problem. The sort of thing you'd want to see at Chelsea. I uh, don't know why Chelsea didn't really come in for Pope. I, know, I think that it was rumoured, but he would have mm. been a great signing for them. I think I he would have been. I don't know why they didn't, but there we go. No, not so sure, but I think the the one thing that I didn't watch the game myself, but the one thing that came from me was the fact I got nine points from Johnson. So I can't complain about that. <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie, I was gagging for a Burnley goal to be honest. Just to <laughs> I bet you were. I bet you were. Right? Do you want to talk about Leeds nil, Wolves one? I do. Yes. Um, obviously, very grateful for the Jimenez goal, uh, albeit a deflection, but it was going in. Um, so I'll take it. I think. It was harsh on size, obviously not getting his goal because that was mm. a great goal. Yeah, Podence uh, was just offside, wasn't he? Yeah, Podence was just offside, so obviously you didn't get the assist. Nope. We didn't get the goal, captaincy goal in Sky. I don't own him in FPL, but Sky-wise, I would have been jumping around. You would have, yeah. What did you make of Kilman? Because a lot of people seem to be talking about him for, for Wolves, and I think this is his second second 90 minutes. Uh, he's got obviously nine points um, in the first game, uh, took all three bonus points with a clean sheet. And he's taken all three bonus points again, this time adding an assist to his clean sheet. Yeah, very impressed. I think obviously he's only played two games, but he's looked good in both. Um, I think, uh, and also at four, four million, yeah. uh, I think he can't complain. No matter what he does, I think that's great value. I think uh, certainly one in my thoughts. Uh You'll see my team. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I genuinely think he could be a really good FPL option. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he keeps his, his place in the side. But for now, like, surely he's not going to be dropped after those two performances. I don't think so. And I think uh, even if he was to get, slight, say, slightly rotated or subbed or whatever, I think at 4 million, you can't really complain. I think he'll eventually sort of make his way in, especially if he keeps playing like that. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I managed to watch the first half of this game before I had to, to head off to play football myself. And I thought Leeds were really good in the first half. And they had Wolves pinned back constantly to the point where Wolves didn't look like they'd score at all. Um, obviously, they came out and a bit more resolute in the second half and, then, and got their chance. But it was one of those displays from Leeds where I think they deserved a couple of goals in the first half. Yeah, I think so. I think... Uh... Leeds' attacking play was pretty strong. Like I guess that meant then Jimenez at the other end was a bit isolated and didn't really have any service because they were too occupied with trying to deal with Leeds, trying to deal with Dallas, Eiling, bombing, bombing down the wings. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, Leeds give the opposing teams a lot to worry about, I think, in terms of just attacking play because they, 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 they seem to attack from all angles. To be honest. It's not just the fullbacks. I think they just have a real such intensity to their play that they it feels like the other team's tactics almost slip or go out the window a little bit yeah no I think start to panic I think they seem to press teams into panicking yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head there um they just look so difficult to play against and um obviously the issue in the championship um in previous seasons was burnout um and some you know still believe that the fact that we had the 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 kind of lockdown and the break maybe gave Leeds a bit of chance to to recoup some of that energy. But um, if they can keep this going, they're going to give any team a good game this season. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think I wouldn't really... When I was playing the Leeds, my Leeds players, I uh, didn't really consider the fixtures too much. I feel like they're capable of anything on any game. I'm yep. not too worried. Like most teams, you're like, oh no, we've got, they've got City. But you know, I'm thinking... Nah, they'll probably turn it on and they'll end up getting an assist. I'm, I feel confident in the Leeds players. 
Exactly. Yeah, I've got Ailing and FPL, and then I've got Dallas and Sky. And the reason that they're in there is, yeah, for that potential. And obviously, in Sky, we benefit from the fact that they get, you know, tackle tiers and shot tiers, which both of them are hitting. So I think they're brilliant assets in both games. You know, Leeds yeah, are going to keep clean sheet. Sky, especially. Yeah, oh, 100%. They're, they're captainable, which, you know, if you've got a game in which you've got one or two fixtures, there's no reason why you can't captain him. I, I captained Dallas this week. He got hit a tier and I got 10 points from him. So. I think that yeah, I think that rounds um rounds the fixtures up. Should we uh, yeah, let's let's jump on Sky first and then we'll uh, touch on the fact that you're saying that you're wild carding in FPL. How did you get on in Sky this week, mate? So exactly the same amount of points in both teams. Uh, 112 points. What one getting me through the cup, another team knocking me out on a tie break. Uh, also 112. It's annoying that it doesn't say how I lost it, whether it was goals scored or Goals conceded. But yeah, painful one that, but I'm glad I'm through on one of them. Uh, so, Salah, Son, size were my sort of captaincy options, bringing home most of the points there. Got us sort of 60 points from them. Nice. My, my uh, A team, if you want to call it, but that's actually doing worse than my B team. It's 20k <laughs> now. Exactly the um, same here. So it's gone up by about 5k, which is decent. And then my Black Hole Sun 2, my B team, sort of stayed around where it was, slightly increased. Also 112 points from that one. Kane, Salah, Dallas, 42 from Kane, obviously. A big smashed boost. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, uh, and I thought this was a weird anomaly, but I've also had exactly the same points for both of my teams. Um, 103 in both, despite only having four players from the same team in both. So I, I thought that was really strange. Yeah, I, I didn't even realise that you had had um, 112 in both. So that, that's taken me by surprise. But, both of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, that's quite interesting. Um, I got, obviously, like I said, 103 points. Um, my A team, uh, it was returns essentially from Mane, Kane um, and Dallas were my three captains. Um, they they did pretty well to be fair. Uh, that team now sits at uh, just over four k um, with obviously two transfers used, and I've left I've left three million in the bank um, in that one to maybe put out some some fires, which we'll touch on. Um, and then my B team, which like you is doing better than my A team, so I'm going to stop calling them A and B team and just call them Team One and Team Two. Um, that's sitting at just above 2k um, again 103 points and it was Fernandez, Salah and Son did the business for me in that one so yeah that was quite good like you said earlier about uh, Fernandez's pen miss that cost me a lot of points in Sky so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't too pleased about that but he made up for it by the fact that he then went on to hit shot tier 2, pass tier, tackle tier, man of the match so can't complain at all um talking about fires obviously vvd um is owned by a lot of the game uh, i think it was it is now 23% but it was certainly more um at the weekend so people have obviously made early moves on vvd um what is your thoughts on uh switching them out well obviously i took a punt on getting the extra fixture uh, on both teams, I went Eiling and one Dallas and the other. Paid off with Dallas, didn't pay off with Eiling. Um, glad I sort of spread my bet like that now. Um, but yeah, I wanted that extra picture, but I wanted a Leeds defender anyway because I know about their tier potential. I mean, Eiling's been hitting tiers, Dallas has been hitting pretty much every tier tackle, yep. shots, passes. So it made, it made sense for me to bank that money and get Dallas in. So I've got that money now to to use at my leisure um i don't think i'll be using it straight away but it will come in handy no doubt when i need to get in uh, a cane or a kdb when he's back um that's probably what i'll use it for yeah i think to be fair they were fair moves if, if you didn't own um leeds assets already i think it was a good game to to jump on them obviously unfortunate because you could but you were very close to getting a clean sheet um you know, and you could have easily got other returns from the two. And like you said, you know, Dallas at tier. So you've gained, uh, got five points from him there anyway. Um, for me, I, I've still got VVD. Um, and my view is the fact that we get the Man City West Ham game as the first game on Saturday, we get to see the team sheets. 
I have my eye on Diaz. So depending on obviously how he pulls through the Champions League games, I think he's pretty nailed in that Man City backline. Um, he hit hit tier at the weekend, um, passing tier. So I think for me, he's potentially the downgrade I might look to get. And then I get Man City coverage now that I've not got KDB at the moment. And then it'll free up some funds, like you say, to then maybe move on someone like Grealish to KDB or Calvert-Lewin to Aguero, perhaps, um, as and when I want to jump on them. So that's my thinking. The other issue we've got, um, and I just want to touch on it, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter um, asking what they're doing with Antonio. Um, and a few people have already made early moves. Why you'd make an early move now, I've no idea. Because you get the Saturday fixture, you get the Saturday team sheet. It's West Ham Man City, so we'll know if Antonio's playing. Exactly, madness. Uh, I don't know why you'd uh, make that early move. Sort of mistake I'd make if I just didn't understand the game. But if yeah. you know that's the case, then it's a no-brainer to wait. Wait and know if he's playing and then keep him in your team. Exactly. Like it's, it's one of these things that, yeah, you know, had, had we not seen this game before and had we not listened to the pause that we've been listening to, we might not understand it. But for anybody that's newish to this game or, you know, is making those mistakes, I strongly advise listening to both the Sky FF um, or the Sky Hub um, fantasy football pod and Planet FPL because they give brilliant insight into this game. Um, obviously, me, me and you, we're, we're beginners. We can touch on what we understand of this game. But if you want real insight and kind of fixture analysis and just, just the way to play the game as a beginner, listen to them. Yeah, the, the introductory pods from uh, Planet FPL were really helpful for me. I've also watched, watched the last two vids. And yeah, great, great advice and sort of insight on... They do a whole rundown of all the players on Sky. They do, uh, yeah. So, you know... At the moment, I think we're both sitting quite well. I'm still not particularly worried about um, rank and sky at the moment. We're seeing how many transfers are being used in that top 1K. I think we'll be sitting pretty, hopefully, at Christmas with, um, fingers crossed, at least 30 transfers each. So, we're, I reckon we're, so, yeah. yeah. We're doing all right, James. We're doing all right. We but certainly are. Now, I understand you want to talk about Champman. I do, but I think we should touch on FPL first. We've not touched on yeah. how we did this week. Oh, shit, yeah. I know, I know you're trying to avoid the subject, and that's maybe one of the reasons why you're wildcarding, but we've got to fucking talk about it, mate. I think unconsciously I've uh, wanted to move on there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'll let you talk about it first, then, seeing as uh, you've got the announcement of wildcarding. Yeah, okay. Um, I said unconscious, then I meant subconscious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got 61 points, which isn't terrible. I mean, you aim to get 60 points a week. Obviously, Average-wise, it's not as great a score as it normally is. Still above uh, average, though. Yeah, still above average, uh, just uh, 60 being the average. Uh, Captain Son got that Jimenez return, which I was happy with. Obviously, Ings returned for me. Salah and a clean sheet for Taylor. But other than that, uh, four players on one point sort of hurt me with Alexander-Arnold, Suchek, Eiling, McCarthy. So there's some, some things I want to change for my team. I want to get rid of Tierney. Dean Garner, um, McCarthy, various other players. Um, you'll so, see why I've acti acti uh, activated my wild card when you see the team I put out on so, Saturday. So the team that you put out on Saturday, how many players in your current team are you expecting to keep? You don't have to tell me any of the other players that you're bringing in. Oh, right. okay. Uh, how many are you expecting to keep from your current squad? Including bench, I think five. Okay, yeah. So, you, so you're you're replacing ten. Yeah. Well, yeah. You got a wild card then. <laughs> you know, if it was three or four, I'd maybe question it. But um, yeah, the fact that you're replacing ten players there, you, you've obviously got fires that you want to put out. And uh, it sounds as though from your talk about Villa and stuff, you maybe want to jump on some of the uh, the form teams. So I'm excited uh, to so, see what you yeah. put out. No doubt you won't share it because you're very secretive when it comes to these wild card things. But um, I might get a glimpse uh, before deadline. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, you, I might give you a sneak preview. I'll see how, how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, well, the listeners want a sneak preview too. So, you know, we'll be tweeting it from the season keepers, uh, the account, as soon as I get any sniff of what you're doing. <laughs> um, for me, I think it was uh, a far better game week. I got 85 points, which I was absolutely thrilled with. Um, that accounted for, obviously, I got nine points from Johnston, 
16 from Werner, I'd returns from Foden and Calvert-Lewin, Salah, and then obviously Son's 26. I think patience very much paid off um, this week, which I was thrilled with because I've held on to the likes of Johnson and Werner and Foden despite very little returns. So to get returns from all three, I was so happy with. And it meant that I actually had a rank rise. I believe it was 1.3 million this week. Um, so yeah, oh actually 1.4. So I've gone from 3.2 million to 1.8 mil. So you know, it, it shows if you have a good week, the uh, the margins aren't actually as much as we think they are. Um, and I am now only 32 points um, behind Ellie, who still tops our league, but she's still 1.5 million ahead of me. So you know, again, to have 30 points between. 350k and 1.8 million there's not a lot in it no you can make huge gains in rank right up until like halfway through the game um i remember being a terrible rank at like game week 12 last season yep. and then i had the best season i've ever had exactly like I was two millionth and i made it all up and ended up finishing 4k yeah it, so it shows that it's a season-long game and it's that for a reason like it's all well and good as you know moaning about the game after four game weeks and how crazy a season is it and stuff but if you have one good week like i've had this week the the differences are huge so exactly exactly at it yeah people get de- uh, too disheartened on twitter uh too easily as well um if you're sat right now at 4.6 but maybe 6.5 million don't worry just keep <laughs> going and people will lose interest in their teams. People will make bad decisions, waste their chips, and you'll rise up. Yep, exactly. So I think, yeah, you've, you've nailed it there. Um, that's probably the best way to win the FPL review is that, that little bit of pep talk. It's just what people need, mate. Right, um, like you said, Champman, uh, the game's gone live, which the guys have announced. And uh, I believe you've also set up an account. Uh, I have. I've had a little look. Uh, obviously, it's Nostalgia City. Um, seeing all the great players. Obviously, I'm a bit miffed as to why certain players that are, I view to be quality getting lower points. It obviously, <laughs> asks you. it's uh, either down to injury or rotation or just it not happening for them. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, I was like, how's he not got more points? Uh, Honestly, just in this game, forget what you know about 2001, 2002, 2003, because the majority of the time it means nothing like like you've said with veron for instance was useless um for man united in that period is exceptional in this game and then yeah you, you've got the issues of you were questioning about you know jimmy floyd Hasselblank and ah oh, well he was brilliant for chelsea well he's he's pretty dog shit for chelsea in this game to be fair uh, was useless last season um, and then, yeah, you've got other players where obviously you're seeing moves. So, like, I think one of your first text messages to me was, why is Nobby not at Newcastle? Well, it's because he got signed in the game elsewhere. So he's moved on, you know? It's it's these kind of little things that the more that you go into the uh, the players and the pricing and the points from last season, I think you'll have a lot more questions. Oh, I certainly will. Um, <laughs> I've already got quite a few, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Um, there was one thing that the guys obviously tweeted um, early on, and it's this will be a common issue for for all you Chapman players, whether you're a beginner or whether you played season one last season. The um, the fixture rotation and blanks in double game weeks are a complete mindfuck because already um, we're hearing that Liverpool and Arsenal's uh, second leg of their Champions League qualifier will clash with game week two, which then means that their fixtures are going to be a blank. So we're looking at, I believe it to be Liverpool, Blackburn, Arsenal and Bolton won't have a fixture in game week two from the way that we've been told. So are you thinking of uh, benching or avoiding those assets from those teams? Um, I think I'll probably own maybe one, maximum two from the four. Um, I don't think you should go gung-ho unless you're planning to free hit um, in game week two, which I think is crazy. But there's a reason the guys are giving us two free hits this season. So, you know, the option's there if you wanted to dive in. But Arsenal play Middlesbrough away in the first game and Liverpool have got Leeds at home in the first game. So I think they're two quite tough fixtures. So I, I wouldn't necessarily dive straight into those two. 
Um, I might look to maybe have a, a Bolton asset potentially for that Villa game um, at home in the first one. Other than that, yeah, it's just trying to, to understand and analyse the fixtures, really. Um, that would be my advice. No, sounds good. Um, yeah, I won't be diving in with a free hit until I feel more comfortable with the game. Looking at the um, the fixtures, uh, there's a few teams that have actually got a really decent run, like Man United, for instance. Um, I think they start the season really well. Um, despite Liverpool's obvious blank in game week two, I think they've got a, a pretty tidy run. Um, they do play, I think it's game week six to eight, something I noted down. They play all three of the promoted sides, albeit away from home. They play Watford, Millwall and Man City in a row. So that's that's one to keep an eye on there as well. Um, and pricing wise, it's just getting my head around it. I've made I've made a draft. I think you've made a draft yourself, but I'm not particularly thrilled with it. I've got some players in there that I want and uh, some players that I don't. But the key thing I think will be keeping an eye on Disables videos. Um, he's now simming the game, so he won't be playing himself. He won it last season. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Um, so these videos, they're going to be key, mate. Absolutely key. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch them, to be honest. Uh, I think that's essential watching for me to prepare for the season. It will be. And obviously, the, the more questions you get, you, you can either ask them here once you establish these questions. We can put them out on the Season Keepers uh, posts. And, you know, the, the community is growing um, for Chapman. And I, I actually think we're going to get more players this season than we did last season. Well, fingers crossed anyway. I think so, yeah. I think um, anyone, even people that haven't even experienced that generation the first time around will enjoy playing it. Uh, It's a great game. Exactly, and they've announced that it's going to be on Thursday evenings. Um, You've got, I think it's the 12th of November will be the the first Thursday night. And despite the fact that James from Planet FPL has obviously said that he can't do the streams this season, which is understandable. I mean, the man's putting out 10 pods a week if you're a patron and a, a non-patron. So, And Spurs obviously play Europa and he's so dedicated to Spurs so he's not going to miss out that. But yeah. I think they've brought in two brilliant acquisitions in uh, Teach Mode and Irons, so Andy and Luke. And I've been in a group chat with them from the beginning of Champman last season. Both two brilliant chaps. So the, the banter between them is exceptional. And uh, I think they'll be uh, really, really good um, streamers for this. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they've got to produce. Yeah, as am I. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they do it. Yeah, I, I think you'll really enjoy the Soccer Saturday aspect, albeit on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've, uh, we've got quite a few uh, questions, so I think we should dive straight in. First question's coming from David Strom, and of course it's a Chapman question, which now you can also answer, mate. Um, who are the best 6.5 to 7 million midfielders in Chapman this season? Okay, well, a little disclaimer. Obviously, I've not played it yet, so <laughs> take my answers with a pinch of salt. Um, but personally, for me as a newcomer, uh, I fancy Stephen Gerrard at 6.5. I think, uh, obviously, he's young in the game, and I feel like he may kick on in this season. I think uh, he's a good value option at that price. And I feel like Matt Holland might be one of those players that perform better in the game than in real life. So I think he may be a good option at 7 million as well. Yeah, I think I think they're both good options, mate. To be fair, like you know, as, as a beginner, you've you've touched on two that I've got on my list. Um, just looking at the options now, and obviously Gerard stands out. You also got Lampard um, around that price range. I don't think he's good um, an asset as say the Chelsea wingers. Um, it seems you know fullbacks and wingers get more points in this than centre mids, unless you're playing in the number ten role or you're Veron. Um, but there are other players uh, that I think are quite good picks in Svensson for City, Petkov for Watford, De Boer for Blackburn, Wilcox, um, which we know about, you know, for those that played last season, Charlton. And of course, uh, Julio Arca, who has been upgraded from a defender to a midfielder this season, much to the uh, dismay, I believe, of FPL tactician, who still disputes it. But uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a gem amongst those guys. Second question then, and um, this is coming from Steve Bird, who has actually said in three questions, and bless him, he, he messaged me on Twitter and asked, asked if that was okay. So, of course it is, mate. Um, with Liverpool's defensive injuries, is it foolhardy to continue with Robbo Trent double up? I'd say so. I'd say 
you can get by with one now as the clean sheets are going to be harder to come by without Van Dijk and Allison. Obviously, you're going to still get those attacking returns, but I think their attractiveness as a double up is dramatically reduced without those clean sheets. Yeah, agreed. Um, if you've got one, you know, stick with them because I don't really think we get these guys in for their clean sheet potential, do we? We get them in for their attacking returns and clean sheets are a bonus. But if you're on the double up, it's maybe worth looking to to get off one. The question is which one you'd get off of. You know, I think that's a really difficult decision if you were looking to move one on. Agreed. Um, there's a question for you specifically. Um, he says, at FPL Drug, now the prices are released. As a first-time player, who do you see as the better options in the game? Uh, personally, again, I like the look of Holland and Gerard. I think Gerard is has got a good price, and if he performs as well as I expect him to, uh, to push on in the game, then I think he's a, a great value option. I think um, on the other end of the spectrum, if you want guaranteed returns, I feel like Ruben Nistelrooy is bound to at least get twenty goals a season in that game. Every I, season, I, I like think and Mr. Roy is probably the most essential, you know, red card, essential player in this game. Like, yeah. But obviously between him and Viduka, but I just see Van Nistelrooy being the one that you have to be on this season. So Yeah, he's in my draft. Yeah, likewise, for a very good reason. Um, I think you'll probably give a slightly different answer to that question the more that you look into this game. But obviously you've only had your, your team for, what, a day now. So... uh if he was to ask that again next week, I think you'd maybe have looked into it a bit more and uh, have spotted some more gems, but I won't say too much just now. Yeah, I reckon so. I haven't looked properly into the stats yet. So, um, The final question from Steve. Uh, best Saint asset in FPL and Sky? So, FPL, Ings. Absolutely. Uh, got to be Ings. Um, and then Sky, Kate. Carl Walker-Peters um, as more of like a value option. Um, I think Ings for his consistency in FPL. Yep. I think he, you can just rely on him, unlike any of the other players. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with either of those. The, the other one I'd maybe mention would be Vestergaard at 6.4 million in Sky, but I still don't think he's nailed. He could get rotated, and that would be the concern. Obviously, Sky, you want nailed assets. Um, there's no reason we've still got... Uh, that Salisu obviously hasn't come into it yet. Um, and we've still got Jack Stevens. So we, we've got cover at centre-back. So whether he keeps his place consistently, I'm still not sure. I wouldn't want to say, yeah, he's nailed throw him in. No, no, exactly. Um, we've got a cool, oh, here we go. We've got a question from Luke Disable, who, like I said, is Chapman gold. You know, he will be sim in this game and uh, he won it last season. So you stand up and you listen to what this man says. Um, Will Hart be worth seven million as a wing back? I say yes. Uh, I think his free kicks and assists will make him worth it. Um, obviously, my perception of value in the game might be a bit off, but um, yeah, I think it'll be worth it. And obviously, yeah, you're going off the data from last season, aren't you? Um, for me, as much as I loved owning him last season, seven million feels a little bit too much given the other options in defence and the fact that. Once I start adding Van Nistelrooy, Janssen, for instance, Veron, so much of my budget's already taken up. So I don't know whether it's worth spending that seven million when I can get the likes of Ashley Cole for half a million cheaper, and half a million goes a long way. So I'm not so sure that he's worth it, but who knows? It'll be interesting to see his ownership at the start of the season. Um, final question from FPL Thomas. Who are each of our favourite three Southampton players from the Premier League eras gone by? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think Ricky Lambert's the first one that stands out for me, uh, who I absolutely adore. Um, a great player for, for all of the leagues, as well as the Premier League. Um, so he's my first choice. Uh, and then I've picked Davis, Kelvin Davis and Graziano Pella. Graziano Pella, I just love his passion. Um, yeah quality player um, so he, he, that's why he made the cut and Kelvin Davis I think he's just been a mainstay of our team in goal for well for so many years and I'll never forget his display against Leeds 
Yeah, no, it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, I think there's a bit of a pattern here then, because for me, it's uh, Ricky Lambert, Graziano Palla, and James Beatty. Um, I moved to Southampton 2002, um, and Beatty was kind of in his prime, really, with us um, at that point. I'd followed us, you know, before then anyway, but in the first game that I went, I just remember him. I think he scored, he scored twice. I ended up with a, a woolly hat that dad bought me that said, same old BE always scoring. And I just always remember it. So uh, it's such kind of like a nostalgic moment when I think back to those times. And yeah, James BE is the first name that, that comes to my head. So th- those three for me. Yeah, good choices. I think that's uh, a really nice way to end the pod, to be fair, you know, touching on those uh, Saints moments. And again, thank you all for, for your questions. Um, as always, we really appreciate uh, the likes, the shares, the subscribes through it, you know, our YouTube or um, the audio podcasts. The podcast just gone by is actually our best listened podcast now. So uh, we really appreciate everybody that's got on board. And I know the fact that, you know, we're, we're touching on Sky, FPL and Champman. Um, it's hopefully, you know, bringing a bit more content to people, to people that, that want to listen to us. And long may that continue. Well, thanks very much, James. It's been great speaking to you, mate. Yeah, Angie. Um, thanks again to the to the listeners. Glad, very glad to hear the news on the uh, most recent episode. Exactly. And uh, on that brilliantly positive note, it's goodbye. Cheers, guys. <laughs>